Welcome to Beneath the Bell Tower. I am the Reverend Dr. John William Richter III, and I'll be your host today as we explore all things life and ministry here at St. John's in beautiful Coleman, Alabama. When you hear the word liturgy, what do you think? I mean, does it send shivers up your spine? Does, does it make you just super excited and you're like, this is the conversation I've been waiting to have as a talk about liturgy? Well, probably not, but it is an important word for us to discuss. Uh, we talked about St. John's being liturgically oriented, right? And so we're unpacking who we are at St. John's Evangelical Protestant Church. And so again, my use of language here when I say liturgically oriented is not as precise as it needs to be, but bear with me as we unpack this term to talk about who we are at St. John's and who we seek to be. So let's dive right in. What is liturgy? Well, simply put in the ancient Greek, it means public duty, uh, or in, that sometimes can be read as the work of the people. So in the life of the church, liturgy came to mean public worship, what Christians do in their worship gatherings. So when you think liturgy, think symbols and seasons that guide our worship of God. So think symbols and seasons that guide our worship of God, and therefore, because they guide our worship, liturgy is something that is spiritually formative, and it deepens our faith in Christ, and it deepens our relationship with Him. I could also ask you, you know, when you think of a liturgical church, what do you think of? Well, you probably think of churches that are a high church tradition, like uh, Catholics or Anglicans or maybe even Lutherans as being liturgical, but you may also think of a church, of a Baptist church or a Church of Christ or a Pentecostal church as not being liturgical. But that's not quite true because ultimately all churches have some kind of liturgy. They have something they do um, in their public gatherings of worship. So sometimes it's just a matter of how intentional, how formal, or how deeply thought that liturgy is. So liturgy can be the altar call at the end of every service to the same repertoire of songs. It can be Decoration Sunday every year at the same time. It can be the same Christmas decorations and the repeated services every year. It can be the Mission Sunday held on the same Sunday every year. It's celebrating the congregation's founding every year. It's Youth Sunday on the same Sunday every year. It's baptisms following the same routine. It's the same number of songs for the same length of time, followed by an offering and a sermon every week. In other words, we all have some form of liturgy. Okay? Now, having said that, let's say what liturgy is not. Liturgy is not a style of music. Liturgy is not a style of building. Liturgy is not a style of preaching. Christians can and do practice liturgy in cathedrals and in warehouses and with all the types of preaching that are found in those places. Christians can and do practice liturgy with a variety of musical styles in worship. Maybe hymns to an organ, maybe praise choruses, maybe guitars or still guitars. It can be violin or the fiddle or even a banjo. A liturgy can be a cappella. It can be gospel or country or rock or pop. It can be classical. It can be punk rock. It can be blues or jazz. The style of music is inconsequential to liturgy, except to say that the liturgy might suggest the kind and style of songs that are sung and the kind, of the kind and style of music that is played. Um, liturgy, then, um, 
is this, this sort of this public worship. It's what we do when we gather. But let's go a little bit deeper into what the Bible says, okay? About the, what the Bible says about our worship because that's what liturgy is about. Now, on the one hand, you might read a book like Galatians and read words or verses like this from chapter 4. You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. And it would sound like it's a... Um, that Paul's being critical of, of liturgy, if you will, about celebrating special seasons. Well, that's what we do, right? We celebrate Palm Sunday and Easter and Christmas and, and Pentecost. Or, or we, should we not do that? Well, again, context is key. In the book of Galatians as a whole, Paul's talking about what? Being justified by faith and not by the law. So the implication would seem to be the saying that you can't practice these things, certain things, particularly in the Jewish um, tradition, that, that, um, that you can't practice them expecting that God will honor that and that will save you. That's simply not the case. You're saved by grace through faith. But when we read something like this by the same author, by Paul, to the Christians in Rome. Again, this is chapter 14 here. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. All of a sudden here, there's a little bit of freedom of conscience, if you will. Um, and then he's, Paul again writes in Colossians as well, Therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. Again, writing to a different audience with a different intent. But here is why liturgy is important. So the Bible would seem to, again, here basically to say you have some freedom in how you order your public worship. But here's why liturgy is very important. And we'll take that definition of liturgy just a little bit further. Again, we'll look to Scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. Incredibly important words, right? Remember Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus says in himself in Matthew's Gospel 4, uh, verse 19, Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. So what liturgy is ultimately about, it's about remembering the whole life of Jesus. To follow Jesus well, we must know his whole life. We must remember his whole life. And that's what the liturgy, uh, the liturgy, the church calendar ultimately does for us. Now, we're not going to get into all the signs and the symbols and the, or the seasons and symbols here in this podcast just simply for time's sake. Um, but think of things like Advent and Lent. Let's just talk about those for a moment. Um, you know, there's a lot of hurting people, a lot of hurting people in the world, a lot of pain and disappointment in the world. What better way to be reminded that there is still hope than the celebration of Advent, which is the season that comes right before Christmas as we anticipate Christ coming and we, and we prepare even then for His second coming. But you know what? Not only is there a lot of pain and disappointment and hurt in our world, there's also a lot of hedonism. There's a lot of selfishness in the world. There's a lot of self-indulgence and purity and sin in our world. What better way to be reminded that we are to be in the world, but not of it, than through the celebration of Lent? And as you remember our sinful mortality with Ash Wednesday. So some of you, again, grew up in churches where it was all hellfire and brimstone all the time. This is not good. This is not good because God does love you. 
And some of you might have been in churches your whole life that are a little mushy where everything is aimed to make you feel good all the time. Well, that's not good either because God has a higher standard for you, this call to discipleship. So liturgy then is a practice uh, to remember that we are called to this higher standard of following Jesus and remembering Him. And so again, Advent is preparation for His coming in terms of thinking about Jesus. And Lent, again, just briefly, is to think about His 40 days in the wilderness. And of course, then you get to Palm Sunday, Holy Week, where we think about um, the triumphal entry, uh, Jesus um, hanging on the cross on Good Friday, um, and then celebrating, of course, the resurrection on Easter. So again, liturgy is this practice to remember all of these things and to not forget them. And so um, a liturgical church then... Uh, a church that's doing it well, is a church that follows Jesus, intentionally remembering and celebrating the whole life of Jesus, um, from those um, prophecies about His coming all the way through the founding of the church and giving of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And so that's what we seek to do at St. John's. Do we do it perfectly every year? Absolutely not. But uh, on a whole, we give ourselves to these seasons and these days to take time to remember what Christ has done. And then in the context of our worship, you'll often notice various symbols, uh, seasons, and colors um, that reflect what Christ has done in the life that He's given to us. And again, that's for a later day. We've gone long enough on this podcast. So after six sessions now, I hope this is beginning to make more sense to you. St. John's Evangelical Protestant Church, an ecumenically minded, sacramental practicing, liturgically oriented church of the Reformation. But as we'll talk about in our final episode of this, uh, in episode seven, if you can't keep all that straight, just remember St. John's is a church of grace and truth. I'm pressing.